You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. The British people have had enough of waiting. The time has come to act. People are really angry out there. They're angry that the referendum's not being carried out. But they're even angrier that politicians' promises to them have been broken. Given how huge this decision is for our country, the severe consequences there will be for generations, it is time to put this back to the people and stop this Brexit chaos. We will do everything necessary to stop a disastrous no deal. Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Sebastian Salek. Good afternoon, I'm Roger Hearing. And uh, once again, there's been a few developments, uh, things happening. One of the main things we're thinking about now is whether or not this election is going to happen on December the 12th. Yeah, we heard from the EU, didn't we, who were uh, deferring this decision essentially until after that vote on Monday where we hear whether Labour will back this vote. We really do need those Labour votes, don't we, in order to get that two-thirds majority. And as it stands, that's sounds unlikely. The other thing we learned was that October the 31st is history. <laughs> Forget about it. It's just normal Halloween now. The Chancellor Sajid Javid saying that the UK will not meet Johnson's do or die pledge to leave the EU on that date. We got the deal that almost everyone said that we couldn't get and then Parliament has uh, turned that down by not agreeing to the timetable. We've prepared extremely carefully for a no deal outcome as well. But because of the actions of Parliament, we now have just have to face up to the fact that we're probably just we're going to get this delay. And it's probably going to be three months. But we will see what the EU does in response to Parliament's uh, request for a delay. That was Sajid Javid speaking uh, this morning and, and at least conceding, except I expect that the ditch is not going to be died in and things will simply go on for a little bit longer in one form or another. Now, one of the really interesting things, Seb, is that within the last hour or so, as you say, the, the ball very much in Brussels court at the moment. Are they going to give an extension? How long? There was a meeting of this rather bizarrely named committee this morning of the EU uh, members' representatives in Brussels. They're kind of ambassadors, really, called the co-repper or the co per rep uh, and they had a discussion a couple of almost a couple of hours which apparently is very unusual but they've now broken up and according to Michel Barnier they're not going to meet again today it looks like the whole thing is going to be passed over to Monday as far as we can see when perhaps a decision will be made after the British Parliament has decided whether or not 
Boris Johnson's uh, election proposal is going ahead. But the one conclusion we did get today is that there is going to be an extension. It's just a case of how long it's going to be that they haven't quite decided yet. I'm curious really how they're getting involved almost with UK politics in the sense that their timings are stacking up. But it makes some sense when you look at the the conditional aspects of all of this. Labour saying they is really contingent on the length of this delay because remember an election is going to take a lot of time. If you plan this out, we're currently looking at December the 12th. That is the uh, the date that is going to be voted on on Monday. That will take us into that unusual winter election. Lots of uh, different things to think about there, and we'll come on to that as well. But then by the time you've got a government in place, it's January. It's almost the 31st already. And we've still got the issue to do with the Labour Party's position on all this, which I have to say is far from clear. Overnight, it was suggested Jeremy Corbyn would accept the idea of election. Therefore, perhaps this vote might go through if there was, uh, if, if the nature of the situation was that there was not going to be a no-deal Brexit. Then it became, well, if there's an extension, that will do it. But then we had Diane Abbott, his close colleague this morning, saying, no, no, it has to be a legislative move to say there will not be a no-deal Brexit. That's the key. At that point, we will then begin to be able to accept the idea of an election. Yeah, and this is a party that's really in a sticky situation because Corbyn has been pretty bullish on this. He said, I've wanted an election since the last one. We've got to take measures to sort out social justice issues. But at the same time, it's a party that's lagging in the polls. Uh, so some optimism from inside, but also it's a party that internally, uh, many reports suggest, is is split on these issues. Well, coming hot foot is Ed Evans, who is our Bloomberg's Brexit editor. Ed, welcome. Hope you managed to get your breath back. I mean, there's stuff happening out there. I, we were just saying, the latest line from Brussels seems to be that there will not be a decision today about an extension. Essentially a holding decision today. Give it to Monday and Tuesday. Wait and see what the, how the political situation in Britain shapes up and what happens with this election. Why is the EU waiting then if Labour's vote is conditional on an extension? Because we still haven't had the vote in Parliament at this point. They do not want to be seen to be getting involved with domestic British politics. Don't forget, you know, there's a huge sensitivity on that part that they don't want to essentially interfere in the internal affairs of an mem- EU member state. So wait for the British get to get their act together before deciding this. Well, waiting for the British to get their act together is something of a tall They order. may be waiting some time, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um, I mean, we are basically now waiting to see what, you know, what whether Labour, how they will divide on this uh, and whether or not Boris can get this election through. Because if, if the vote goes on Monday, as we think it might at the moment, which is Labour saying not for the moment, because yeah. Diane Abbott has now seems to have clarified the position of the Labour Party, at least in her view, that it has to be almost a, a law or some some kind of regulation to say there, there, there is no no deal Brexit. Yeah, you've got to parse this very carefully because they're talking about you know, taking no deal or Brexit off the table entirely. Now that's impossible under Johnson's own deal because of course what he's signed up to is essentially a cliff edge in, 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 in 2020 because unless Britain has a trade agreement signed by then it could technically and crash out on no deal terms. So it's hard to see how you can ever how Boris Johnson could ever satisfy that condition. So it's very hard to see how you can how Labour could support that. Is this a tactic then for Labour to, to delay things? Because it's not really looking very good for them in the polls. Uh, no, it's not looking good for them in the polls. You can quite you can see quite clearly that, they, that there is great reluctance on their part to get an election. There's also a reluctance on the part of the SNP to go to an election. Um, 
there's the, you know, well, it's very hard to see how Johnson could get this two-thirds majority in favour. It's very interesting on the SNP because we had Nigel Evans, the uh, Brexit-leaning uh, uh, Tory MP in yesterday, who was saying he was quite convinced the SNP people he'd been speaking to, they would back an election, but, but they're not saying no now. Well, they've got the issue that their former leader, I think, is going to trial in Scotland uh, at some Alex point Salmond. in the new year, uh, and that they may not want to be going to the polls while that is going on at the same time. I can imagine. But but actually, in, in this context, then, if on Monday the vote goes against Boris Johnson's uh, election promise, what do the EU do at that point? Extend. They will uh, definitely they, they, extend. I think okay. very, well, we can't say definitely, but it's very hard to see why they would do otherwise. They, it's very clear you know, there's a willingness to give an extension. Uh, nobody at the EU end wants Britain to leave without a deal on potentially October 31st. Don't forget that hasn't quite gone away here. They, you know, they will be some form of, there would have to be some form of extension. Boris Johnson is relatively uh, popular, I guess, uh, out there. Do you get a sense that he is, uh, you know, the way that party leaders stack up, that he's someone who really could uh, definitely, uh, in a way, go on his popularity being almost more better than it is for his party, in a way? Do you get that sense at the moment? What is leader ra- yes, rather I mean, than his party? Yes, his personal, perhaps, brand rather than the, the Conservative Party's brand that, 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 that really might carry him through to a point where he can do Brexit. Well, I think you're talking about brand Brexit, and I think what he wants to try and do is wrap himself up in Brexit and show himself as the leader who could de- can deliver Brexit, or could deliver Brexit if only it were for Parliament, the lawyers, and all these people trying to stop him. It must be said that the polls are looking pretty mixed. He's got a very difficult problem if he's going to portray himself as the 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 man of brexit yet not having yet not delivered it he's still got to deal with the brexit party and the head off that threat because you could see nigel farage siphoning off tory voters on that side and on the other side you've got the question of what happens with the break between the tories and the lib with between the liberal democrats and labor and how do the remain votes break down do they go to the liberal democrats is there some tactical voting to help Corbyn? It'll be very hard to see. It's, it's very unusual, it must be said, to have an election in December. Uh, we haven't had one in December since 1923. The one then, of course, Stanley Baldwin lost it. It went to a hung parliament afterwards. Um, and it's also going to be after the students break up. So we'll see some very, in- could see some very interesting results in places like Canterbury, where I think there was a perception in the 2017 election that May lost it because of student votes in, to- in, in, in university seats. And that's also a, a Labour-Liberal issue as yes. well, because you have seats like Oxford and Cambridge yes. that went red that previously were Lib Dem held. I'm interested in the Brexit Party's impact on Labour as well. And this is something we get thrown back at us a lot when we speak to Tory MPs. Is this a dual threat here? Do they pose a threat to both of the main parties? Yes, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, it, we're really talking about seats in the East Midlands and further north. Mm. Um, the Tory the Tory hope is very much you know, convert Brexit voters into Tory voters um, and to take them away. The problem with that strategy is you've got to get over years of history and you've got to remember that you know, there is a visceral loathing of the Tories and Margaret Thatcher and what and she did the in those And the Brexit Party areas. is the outlet for that, right? And Brexit is Brexit Party is the alternative for that. Yes. It's the sort of safe alternative if you want to register a Brexit vote. So, yeah, there may this is the this is the great issue with the Tory strategy. Yes, they may try and get pitched to these voters. Whether they get their votes is one thing, and whether they get enough of them to actually win the seats under the first party post system is something else entirely. Um, it's a ve- it's a very risky gamble for uh, Johnson. And very briefly, on the other side of the coin, uh, if if the Remain side are not convinced by Labour's position on this, and it has been somewhat equivocal. Is the other Lib Dems likely to take well? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, Swinson has made her position on this very clear. And it could be ve- again, she is very clearly trying to pick up the Remainer vote out there. Um, 
of course there will be seats as you say in universities where you've got a labor liberal split where do the where do how do those votes break and you know, do you end up with a labor a, a situation where the tories are the largest party a labor a second and the liberals third but right. a very very small gap between them Let's have a look at the papers. Roger, you've got this great story from the yes, Telegraph. Yes, now, the Telegraph. The Treasury says it has paused production of the Brexit 50p coins because, well... Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. It's not going to happen on October the 31st. Uh, the story says Sajid Javid's pause production of the new coins due to the likelihood the UK won't leave the European Union next Thursday. A Treasury source told the Daily Telegraph, we've paused production and will take a final decision in due course. The Treasury declined to comment further, but it's likely hundreds of thousands of the coins have already been minted. And this is the line I like. The coins are likely to be collector's items if any are allowed to leave the Royal Mint before they're melted down. It must be such an expensive process yeah, as I, well. I've heard millions and millions, but that's kind of inevitable. And then I've got this thing in the Times on uh, the complications around a winter election. Uh, it's going to be run using two versions of Britain's register of voters because that gets updated in the autumn time, usually when there's no election. So it's deliberately a quiet period. So what we could see, according to the Times, is a, a polling card sent out based on one register and then people getting ticked off when they come to vote on another. So you've got this clash here. It also creates problems for political parties. They base their can canvassing then on what would be an out-of-date register. So mm. lots of administrational issues as well not, around this possible Not to mention that whole government plan which was to have ID cards shown when you go to vote and uh, we already know that maybe at least a couple of million people who would be effectively disenfranchised as a result of yeah, that. Yeah and that's all surrounding uh, concerns around voter fraud and this sort of thing seems like it's a, it's a ripe setup for it. Well let me give you another ripe setup for the Christmas general election. The Spectator has an article entitled The Winners and Losers of the Christmas General Election by Philip Cowley Professor of Politics at Queen Mary University Who will you feel most sorry for in the event of a December election. Election officials who find many of the venues they normally use for polling stations already booked up for Christmas parties and school plays. Or party activists who have to go door knocking cold and dark, maybe through horizontal sleet and snow. Perhaps it's the cumble voter who will find an election campaign impinges on their festivities. Things become even harder, he says, when you start to consider the differential partisan effect of any of this. Will the bad weather or lower turnout affect one party more than the other? On balance, a winter election's probably logistically harder for Labour than the Conservatives. In recent elections, Labour's benefited from their mass membership, giving them a ground war advantage that should at least in part be reduced by the weather. Plus, the large-scale rallies which underpinned the Corbyn campaign in 2017 will become rather harder harder to hold. Postal voters also tend to be disproportionately older and so conservative which might also benefit the Tories. I want to come to Edward Evans on this one, our Bloomberg Brexit editor who's still with us. We've talked about this a little bit in the past, how you can't campaign after dark, but then we've got uh, into the mix the, uh, the, the abolishment essentially of Labour students, and they were usually a massive vehicle for 
getting people out on the ground. Uh, this now going to happen for during a university holiday for many. Who do you think gets most affected by this party-wise? It's very hard to tell. I mean, the, the, the December election is highly unusual. The last one was back in 1923. Uh, Stanley Baldwin thought he'd get a victory. He got a hung parliament <laughs> instead. And that was on a mild winter. Um, it's really, you've got to be, it throws so much up in the air. Because once you start affecting turnout on an already very finely balanced set of polls, you get a very, very unpredictable result. And do not underestimate the practical problems here. I think the polling, that the, the Times point on the electoral register. It's one of the things that's absolutely critical to get right in an election. And if you start getting arguments over voters who've moved, voters who are, haven't been processed and haven't been able to vote, do, that could be very serious. Then you've got the practical problems of actually getting people out to vote uh, in rural areas, in the dark, in the wet, in the snow. Uh, and then you've got the, the, the practical problems in the, in the campaign, canvassing. You can't, you know, traditionally, you had an election in May or June because that meant you had long evenings that you could go out knocking on voters doors and people would be happy to open the door. Now, it's very that's a different equation after four o'clock in December on a dark winter's night. Mm, are you yeah. opening the door to a canvasser or a mugger? Yeah. Uh, yes. You get a very, it's a very <laughs> it could, difficult equation to, to, could, to break. Could, could be a big ask. I do love the fact we've got Stanley Baldwin into the uh, Bloomberg Westminster. Finally, uh, can uh, Campbell Bannerman or indeed, uh, uh, well, possibly many others I think we could introduce along the way. Anyway, let's introduce uh, Maria Tadeo, who's on the line from Brussels, who has the latest four us there. Now, Maria, it's been quite uh, a day in Brussels. We've had the meeting of this committee of the uh, ambassadors. It's broken up. Uh, Michel Barnier suggesting nothing happening now before Monday. What do we know? So we know it's, uh, there's more of a stand and pretend, which is a thing now when it comes to Brexit. Just delay big decisions, in particular from the EU, because they feel like this is still very much a domestic political story that needs to play out in the UK before they can commit to anything. So today they were supposed to come up with a date for that extension. They were also supposed to come up with uh, the terms around it, but they've decided they will wait until next week, giving themselves a deadline for Tuesday because they want to find out what is it exactly that the Prime Minister is intending on doing and what is it that the UK Parliament will agree to with regards to that election that could take place on December 12th. It's not a good look for the EU, though, is it? Because they go on about how Britain needs to get this sorted. And then when the ball's in their court, they start to play things out as well. Well, they believe that's not entirely accurate. What they argue is that the terms of the extension really should reflect the political situation over the next three months, and that covers the extension period until the end of January. So what they argue is if you're going on the campaign trail, if you're not essentially going to pass any legislation and there is, well, no time pressure to get this deal done, then that really changes their perspective and their decision. If you're looking at perhaps a government that doesn't want to engage in putting this bill back to a vote, if you're looking at a government that says we're not going to actually work on anything but an election, that really changes the maths here in Brussels. So they just want to know what it is exactly that is going to happen over the next few weeks so they can decide how they want to engage with this over the next few weeks. Still, what we understand is that the view that is winning this argument of whether this should be a long or a short extension is still very much the long extension. Just give the UK what they asked for, which is three months. The only voice that is kind of breaking rank is is Emmanuel Macron, who believes that, frankly, if you look at Brexit over time, providing more time doesn't actually fix the problem. It just makes it worse. Well, that's an interesting line on that, Maria. I mean, if if there is no decision, if, if there isn't any detail about what will go on in the next three months, would Europe still say, oh, well, never mind, we'll give you the time anyway? Uh, because clearly it sounds like Macron doesn't want to do that. 
Well, what Macron is saying is that if you keep the pressure on the UK Parliament to vote the deal, keeping in mind the EU and the UK just agreed to a deal which the Prime Minister seems to be happy with, then that is the way to go. If you diffuse responsibility, if you extend this over time, then that is, of course, going to make everyone focus on their own political situation. That is going to put everyone's minds on the election, on the campaign, and so on. So what he says is, let's just keep this tight. Let's go for a short extension that is, A, going to keep that time pressure, but also not just on the government, but the entire UK parliament, because the alternative is that you could head into a no-deal Brexit. And that's become clear that no one wants, but it's still a card that both sides continue to play. All right, Maria, today in Brussels, thank you so much. So if we do get that short extension, that really puts the pressure back home. Let's recap where we are. Labour saying it won't back plans for a general election until a no-deal Brexit is off the table. The Prime Minister, though, announcing he's going to ask MPs to vote on whether there should be an election on December the 12th if the EU agrees to his Brexit extension. Let's have a listen. The way to get Brexit done is, I think, to be reasonable with Parliament and say if they genuinely want more time to study this excellent deal, they can have it, but they have to agree to a general election on December the 12th. But the Liberal Democrat MP, Sam Jima, who you may remember was in fact uh, a Conservative MP until pretty recently, he now echoes Labour's calls to get rid of the possibility of a no deal. There is zero trust between this Prime Minister and his administration and Parliament. And there is real concern that if Parliament is dissolved before the 31st of October without the extension having been secured, he will try to take the country out on no deal. So Bloomberg's Edward Evans is still with us. Edward, we've talked about the threat of the Brexit party. Uh, We've talked a little bit about the Lib Dems. Um, Let's get on to a few other issues that are are, are looking over this election. I want to talk beyond Brexit because one of the points that has been made about the 2017 election is that Labour did better than expected because it managed to change the agenda, move it beyond Brexit. This time, we can't really do that, can we? Yeah, Brexit, as long as Brexit is unresolved, it's going to be the issue of the election. And that arguably would give Boris Johnson an, an advantage as he goes to the polls. Um, for, for Corbyn, you can see there's an incentive to delay an election until after Brexit is taken off the table because then he can move the debate on to the effects of Tory austerity, uh, health, education, you know, traditional labour areas. Um, but it, it's been very interesting if you, over the past few weeks, you've seen, you know, aside from Brexit, the Tories have been setting out a very clear agenda on schools, hospitals and that whole side. You can see that they're aware that when we get to an election, they're going to need to be able, they're going to, need to, be able to talk about that. But I suppose, I mean, what someone said, uh, I think, described as a triple lock that uh, Boris Johnson has on this. If he doesn't have uh, a deal when he goes to uh, the country, perhaps on December the 12th, he can say, well, they stopped me getting it. If he does have a deal, he's the man who delivered Brexit. And if it's still undecided, he can say, well, give me the power to make that decision. So I mean, he, he kind of got it every, every way, hasn't he, Ed? I think it's very dangerous to say that this is a chaotic situation in London. There may very well be a deliberate political strategy underneath this, uh, as you suggest. That, you know, this is all about Johnson fraying himself in the position of somebody who is going to try and deliver Brexit and letting all his opponents uh, do the running on this. The Cummings tactics, do you think? I mean, do you think there is this this uh, hand underneath uh, all? I would not pretend to have a window into <laughs> the mind of Dominic Cummings. <laughs> no one should, perhaps. <laughs> But no, it, it is a fascinating moment. I mean, 
do you think, I mean, just making a kind of educated guess here, do you think there will be an extension and an election? Extension, yes. I think you know, the, the, the danger is if, if, we don't, if, there, if no extension is granted, then Britain crashes out without a deal. And you, you cannot understate that. Um, so as long as that risk is still on the table, there will be a, a desire to extend. What the UK does is going to be up to Parliament. I mean, it's very hard to see uh, what the result is. You know, did Nick Clegg, when he put the Fixed Terms Parliament Act through back in 2011, <laughs> did he ever think it would have this effect? Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers and innovators leading the way from design and culture to technology, science and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions. July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.